If you have your Bible this morning, I want you to turn to the book of 1 John. Amen. Book of 1 John, we're going to read in chapter 5. Father, let every ear be anointed to hear, every heart receptive. And Father, we thank you that as we put your word into practice, that Lord, we become the recipients of all that you've promised. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for the prevailing word today. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 John 5, and let's read in verse 4. The Bible says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And then turn over to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. And let's look, we'll, we'll back up in a minute, but let's start in verse 9, or verse 8. He says, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You know, that's the way everything happens in the kingdom of God. Verse 10, with the mouth, number one, the heart man believes, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, the word salvation, the word sozo, it's an all-encompassing word, which means salvation, healing, preservation, deliverance from evil, soundness. I mean, that's a good word. Just being sound in, in mind and body and in heart. And so... All the promises of God work the same way. You believe something in your heart and you confess something with your mouth. But I want you to notice what Paul called it. He said, the word of faith which we preach. You know, it's, it's amazing to me the people, especially people that come from different backgrounds, they make fun of faith. But you know, you can't be saved without it. You can't please God without it. You can't live without it. You can't be born again without faith. And so people say, well, they're just a word of faith. Well, that's better than word of unbelief. You know, what are, you, what are people saying? They're, they're word of doubt. But, but this is what Paul said. You know, it's, it's not a denomination where we're, we're word of faith. It's not just one group of people. Oh, they're word of faith people. Paul said that the preaching of the word is the word of faith, which we preach. What? If you confess through your mouth and you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And so this is actually, the word of faith is actually faith in God's word. It's the way that we are supposed to live on a daily basis. Amen. I know the first 14 years of my life, being in the church I was, I never heard faith preached. I never even knew, knew I could even know Jesus 
when I, and, and go to heaven when I died. And I was in church. That's a sad testimony, isn't it? But, you know, I'm not knocking them. They did the best they knew. They just didn't know anything. But thank God I came into a church and I, my mom started taking me to church. And I started going to this one church. And it was totally different than <laughs> people raised their hands. People clapped. People had the tambourine. They had, back then they had uh, the uh, transparencies, you know. And how many remember transparencies? And you got the one person there dancing stuff. And then, and then they're moving the sheets as they go, you know. <laughs> and usually it's the pastor's wife. That was usually, you know, there. Or the pastor's wife was always the one leading worship, you know. And so sometimes, and, you know, it was just a little charismatic little, little thing. that it, There's a certain, you know, way, you know, charismatic hop and stuff. And it's kind of like a kangaroo hop thing. And so I'm not knocking it. Hey, I, it's great. <laughs> but um, but that, that's what we preach is the word of faith. The book of Colossians 2, verse 6 says this, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. So as you receive Christ into your life, so in the same manner walk in him on a daily basis. Now, how did you receive him? You believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth, the Lord Jesus. So just like I received him, that's the way I'm going to walk on an everyday basis. I'm going to believe something, and I'm going to speak it. I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to speak it on a daily basis. So this morning, I want to preach a message entitled, The Word of Faith is the Word of Victory. The Word of Faith is the Word of Victory. See, if someone saw the title, they think, I'm talking about a denomination. I'm talking about what the Bible says. What Paul called the word of faith. The word of faith which we preach. So as we started in faith, we continue in faith. We please God with faith, as we said. And so the key to victory in every area is the word of God. Amen. If you don't know, I have a passion for the word of God. I love the word of God because I know what it's done in my life. And so the Bible tells us that faith is actually born of the Word of God. Have you ever heard someone say, well, you know, I wish I had the, pray, the faith that they had. I, I'm going to pray for faith. You can pray till the cows come home. You are not going to get any more faith. Why? Because Romans 10, 17 says, for the, that faith comes by hearing. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So if you want to increase your faith, what do you need to do? You need to hear some more. You need to feed some more. Amen. And like I said, you can never have too much. You can have too little. <laughs> but faith is born of the Word of God. Ephesians 2.8 tells us this. For by grace are you saved through faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. You know, faith is what actually accesses the grace of God in your life. See, God has provided everything that we need. And see, a lot of people in, re in different circles, in religious circles, they'll just say, you know, God's done it all. You know, it, it's all up to Him. You know, He's done everything anyway. But you know, grace can never receive for you. Your faith has to receive for you. 
You know, you hear people say that, you know, well, grace covers it all. And, and, you know, people do that with sin. Well, you know, grace covered it all, past, present, and future. Yes, it does if you repent. (laughs) But, you know, grace can't just take the place. You know, if if everything was up to God, then God would have never said Mark 11, 23 and 4. If you shall say into the mountain, be removed. Why? Because it's just up to God anyway. And God's going to do what he's going to do when he's going to do it. But that's not true. If you shall speak to the mountain and say, be removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that the things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have not what God says, but whatsoever he saith. I was reading something. Uh, Reinhard Bonnke said this. He said, the Lord spoke to him and said this. My words in your mouth are just as powerful as my word in my mouth. What was, he, what was he saying? God was saying to him, the Lord was speaking to him, that if he, he put God's word in his own mouth, it would be just as powerful as God speaking the word. Why? Because it's the same word. Hebrews 11.3 says that we know that through faith, the worlds were framed through the word of God. So how do you frame your own world? By words. If you don't believe it, then just wait till tomorrow morning when everyone's grumbling in, on a Monday morning and, and grumble, grumble, you know, and, 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 you know, oh man, you know, did you see what the news, did you see the, the Dow Jones and did you see this and did you see that? And people grumble, you know, about it and, and, and you know, you might get a little productivity after lunch from them. <laughs> but see, faith always accesses what you need. See, grace has actually already, already provided salvation for every person in the world. Why do people not enjoy it? They don't know about it or they haven't acted on it. Look over in Romans chapter, uh, we're in Romans 10. Go back to Romans 5. See, grace can be present in your life but it takes faith to activate it into your life by believing and speaking. Look at Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone say, I'm justified. I'm justified. You know what that means? That means I'm declared righteous. God declares me righteous. So what's, what, it doesn't matter what the devil declares me to be. He's nothing to me. He's under my foot. Amen. Under my feet. Now my victory is complete. Jesus spoiled principalities. Made a show of them openly. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. Amen. Demons are afraid of me. Because I found out the key that sets the captives free. I could sing that song too, but we won't do it. (laughs) But look at Romans 5, verse 2. He says this, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So he says, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace. How do you access, how do you access the inside of this building? With a key. You go through the door. You go, that's the door is the, the main way. You access it with a key. What is the key to getting the grace of God in your life? 
Faith. Your faith. You know what Peter said? He said, 1 Peter 5, 8, he says, Whom resist, 8 and 9, he says this, Whom resist steadfast in the faith. Other translations say this, Whom resist steadfast in your faith. See, it's my faith that I'm going to be able to access and resist the enemy. It's my faith. You know that faith is the determining factor in how far you go with the Lord? Well, I'm just leaving it up to God, whatever he thinks. Well, you wouldn't do that with salvation, would you? Well, you know, I'm just, I'm leaving it up to the Lord. If he wants to save me, he'll save me. If not, I'll just go to hell. People don't do that, but what do they do with healing? See, as you receive Christ Jesus, Lord, so walk ye in him. People say, well, you know, you just never know. See, that's not a scripture either. A lot of people hail that as a scripture. <laughs> just like they do the Ten Commandments. Well, you just never know. But we access, people do that with healing. People say, well, you know, it may be God's will to heal or not. Well, how are we going to find out? Well, I just want you to pray for me. And if I get healed, then I'll know that it was God's will. You, the, the will of God is already established right here. And, but what I have to do is I have to just decide. It's already settled in heaven, but I have to settle it on the earth in my own life. Whether I believe it or not, Romans 3 says that he says, if you don't believe, does it make the faith of God a none effect? He said, God forbid, let every man be a liar. So, so I, I'm going to say, every, let every man, let every devil be a liar. But I believe God. Like Paul said when he was on that ship, he said, Sirs, I believe God. There shall be even as it was told me. Because this night there was an angel of God that spoke to me. And he told him, hey, everything's going to be all right, Paul. He said, so I believe God. He said, be a good cheer. <laughs> How can you be a good cheer when you've just been shipwrecked? <laughs> be of good cheer, Paul. Everyone say, be a good cheer. So faith always accesses the grace of God into your life. People do the same thing with, well, you know, God's not interested in me being blessed. What are they basing it on? Well, you know, I've just had a hard time. Well, that's no different than saying, well, you know, I've had uh, physical ailments in my body that I haven't been healed of. But that doesn't change the word of God, does it? Amen. You have to be settled. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven, the psalmist said. <clears throat> and so the thing we have to do is let the word prevail in our life. Look in Romans, I mean, Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. We're saying that the word of faith is the word of victory. You know why people don't like faith or, or they think they don't? Because it, it means there's responsibility on my part. It's easier to chalk everything up to the will of God than me being responsible. Acts 19, and look in verse 17. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks. Now, just to give you a backdrop, we see that Paul, the Bible says that, that God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. Amen. Who wants God to use you in special miracles? Amen. And so where, where is that going to be? He said that in the, 
using his hands. The Bible says, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Let me just read this here. He said, verse 13, Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? <laughs> and the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. One guy took over on seven people, beat them up. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Look at verse 18. And many, came, many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also which used curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. You know, some people say, well, I can never get rid of that. You, there are some things in life that uh, I, I know different times I've seen like, in, who's ever heard of a grove burning? You know, you take your stuff and you, you throw it on a pile and you burn it. Any of your paraphernalia, whatever it is, you know. Drugs, alcohol, I mean, whatever it is. And people put it on a pile. And I saw this at one church. And it was all piled up. And actually, I wasn't even saved at the time. I thought, man, what's that fire going on over there? <laughs> but they were burning things. And that's what they did here. They, they brought all this, you know, the curious arts and, and witchcraft and all this. Well, I paid a lot for that. Well, you, you better get rid of that thing. You better burn it. You know, I remember reading a story about, and I actually heard him say it too, uh, a minister, he, uh, he had a guy come to him one time because he was having problems with demons. And he said, um, what happened is uh, he used to, to uh, be like the head of the psychology department at a uh, major university. And um, anyway, so he studied criminals, and he studied the sexual criminal in particular. And so he knew what would happen. He knew all these things. Well, what happened is he had been born, he had retired, he got born again, he got filled with the Holy Ghost. But in the process of time, he went back and read those books. He said, and a spirit got a hold of him. And so as he read that, he started saying, he said, I know he came to Brother Hagen and he said, you know, I know what happens. He said they used to go to the electric chair because he, he was, I think he had even molested one or two people. And so, you know, it's amazing he wasn't in jail, but he said that that desire, he said it was a spirit. Well, as Brother Hagen sat there, of course, he, he ministered as a pro prophet and a teacher. And um, anyway, he ministered and he actually, he said that there was three spirits that were involved there. And he said, I can cast them out, but he said, it won't do you a bit of good unless you promise me that you'll do two things. Number one, don't ever read those books again. <laughs> so he said, or number one, he said, go burn all those books. And number two, don't ever read that again. 
he said, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> and so he did, and he, he cast those spirits out of him. And uh, his wife was about to leave him, and they saw him like a year later, and they were back together and, and praising God together, and, and he was free. But that's what he did here. He burned all those books, just like here. They burned it before all men and counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. So what's going to prevail over things that even would try to ensnare you? The word. What, what would, would deliver you from the bondages of Satan? The word of God prevailing in your life. You know, we, if, as we go reading through this passage here, we see the, the Bible talks about um, certain silversmiths that made silver shrines for Diana, who this so-called goddess that they worshipped. And so here comes Paul preaching. You know, Paul didn't deal with the Diana spirit. He didn't say, I cast this Diana spirit out. No, he just preached the word of God. And that's what got the results. Amen. Amen. There's a time to deal with spirits, but... Mightily growing the word of God and prevailing is what's going to change a region. Hallelujah. So above all, the word prevails. The Bible tells us in Joshua 1 verse 8. When Joshua, Moses' successor, he takes over. I mean, that's some big shoes to (laughs) try to fill there. But the Lord tells him, I'm with you and I'm with you strong. He tells him several times. He says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Joshua 1.5. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for inheritance the land, which I swear unto thy fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do all according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper whithersoever you go. Look in verse 8. This book of the law, now we could say nowadays this word of God, because we have not just the law, we have, he just had the first five books of what we have in the Bible. But we have all the books. So this word of God, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. People want their way to be made prosperous. People want to have good success. Well, God tells us how to do it, by meditating in the Word day and night. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, if you want to... Be successful in the things of God. One of the things you have to always do is stay close to the vine. If you read John chapter 15, the Bible, 1 through 7, the Bible talks about staying close to the, the vine. I am the vine, Jesus said. You are the branches. Now, you've never just gone outside and seen just branches just suspended in the air, have you? I mean, there's nothing just sitting out there and just... Well, you know, boy, that was a beautiful branch, but it's just kind of it's kind of an odd thing, you know. It was just by itself out there hanging about 12 feet up in the air. No, there's, there's going to be a tree. There's going to be a branch, you know. There's going to be the vine and then the branches. So Jesus is the vine. The more we abide in him, 
we're going to bear fruit. Who wants to bear fruit this year? Amen. You're going to bear more fruit this year coming up than you ever have in your life. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's when you just say, so be it. (laughs) So you must remain this year attached to the vine and able to draw strength and nourishment that will enable you to produce the results that you need. Amen. So how do I stay connected to the vine? We're still talking about the, the word of faith is the word of victory. But how do I remain connected? Number one, the word of God. Why? Because as I, as I stay close to the word of God, what am I doing? I'm, I'm thinking the thoughts of God. You know, when we talk about meditation and meditating in the word of God, it's not just words. It's not just ink and, and letters. What does that, we can say it like this. We're thinking the thoughts of God. Thinking the thoughts of God. You know, if you, if you think of the word dog, if you don't think of a dog, you don't have that picture, you know, you're, you're not seeing it. You know, you see a four-legged canine. That's the way we meditate in the word, and, and that's the way God wants us to be. You know, some people think when they get born again that, you know, they throw the imagination out the window. Well, you know, you, the Bible talks about the spirit, but, you know, you know, my mind is, no, your mind should be used to let the, the word of God be painted, not only on the inside, but in your mind. I mean, how many times do we see the Bible say, look and see. Go from this place, look and see, behold. You have to get the vision on the inside. And it's, it's like this. It's like a, um, a computer when it, the, uh, the hard drive, it gets rewritten. I mean, some people's, some people's hard drive needs to be written over. Amen. That's, that's not a bad thing, but you just you keep putting the Word of God in. It just, it, it washes away. You know, and there's things in our life, maybe from a child or whatever, you know, just wrong thinking. It, it, it doesn't mean you got beat up as a child or anything like that, but, you know, you just, there's just wrong thinking that we had. It has to be washed over and washed out by the word. So the word of God, as we said in John 1, 8, I mean, Joshua 1, 8, Number two, prayer. How do we stay connected? We have to have prayer. John 15, 1 through 7. We just alluded to that a few moments ago. And John 15, 7 says this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you shall ask what you will and I might give it to you. You know, if you try really hard. You know, if you promise that you'll do better. No, he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. So that's how do we stay close to God? Put the word of God on the inside of you. And then prayer. You pray. You, you commune with God. And you know, your prayer life doesn't have to look a certain way. You know, you don't have to have these and thous and whithersoever's. And verily, verily. You, you, you don't talk to people that way, do you? It's, it's crazy how you see, I mean, people will just be cutting up at work and talking, and you ask them to pray, and they get all, you know, and, and their voice is like a, a falsetto voice you've never heard. 
And you look, it's like, who is that? <laughs> Dear Lord, we just thank you this day. Father God, that we come in this place, Father God. And Father God, we just thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> well, you, you know, people are afraid to tell God how they feel. I, I, if I don't, if I, if something's wrong, I'll talk to the Lord about it. Lord, now I don't blame the Lord, but sometimes you just, Lord, what's, what's going on with this? He already knows how you think anyway. No need to be phony. <laughs> like Norval Hay said, as phony as the country club. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't have to just put on some, some air or some front. Just be real. Lord, I need some help. It's like my pastor said, most people's prayer life is, oh, crap. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it needs to be more than that, you know. I mean, maybe you just need to realize, yeah, oh, man. Okay, Lord, we need some help here. We we need some assistance here. (laughs) <laughs> so, the Word of God. And then we, we also are connected through prayer. And this ties in with prayer, but number three, praying in the Spirit. Why is that important? Because the Bible says when you pray in other tongues, you're praying out mysteries. Not mysteries to God, but mysteries to us. And so, um, other translations say this, He talks divine secrets. Divine secrets. And so we need this kind of praying today. Amen. We need spirit-led praying. We need spirit-filled praying. Amen. Because that's what's going to get the job done when nothing else does. Jude 20 says, But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So praying in the Holy Ghost doesn't give you faith. But what it does is it stimulates the faith you already have. It builds you up on that faith you already have. It's like charging you up on a battery. We had to take our vehicle in this week, and we had like five or six codes popping up. You know, it's like, well, the only thing it was was a battery. And so I had it back in a, a few hours. Well, same thing. You know, sometimes your battery can be a little low spiritually. So what, what do you need to do? You need to charge it up. Amen. You begin just to speak. What was happening? Well, you're starting to prime it up. You're charging that thing up. Your spirit's starting to get... Run, run, run. You just, <laughs> it gets you stronger on the inside. Amen. And so one thing we learned from Paul... Actually, when you read the whole New Testament, the New Testament, we have to realize this, because some people think that speaking tongues was something that was, you know, just those Christians over there. But every person in the, that we see, the disciples, after the resurrection, they spoke in tongues. After, the, you know, Acts 2, Acts 2. Every person that wrote a letter in the New Testament was a spirit-filled person. And they were writing to churches that were spirit-filled as well. 
Now, that doesn't make you a mature Christian because we see he wrote to the Corinthians and he told them, he told them, you come behind and no gift. But he also called them carnal. He called them carnal and said, you know, you're, you're, you're babyish. You're, you're body ruled. But he said, you know what? All things are God and all things are yours. And so, he, he, you know, he did kind of, you know, slap them around a little bit. But he, he told them, hey, everything that, that God has is yours. Amen. You, you belong to him. He belongs to you. So, you know, a spiritual baby can operate in the gifts of the spirit. That doesn't make us mature. It's the word of God that matures us. And so spend much time praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Just some different things about faith. Faith, here's what faith will do in your life. Faith is a shield. Look at Ephesians chapter 6. Faith is a shield. Now when we read Ephesians chapter 6, we see that Paul says to put on the whole armor of God. You know, some people just want one piece. They just want the helmet of salvation. <laughs> so, hey, we don't, we, need, we don't need faith. So here they are. They're going out into battle. You know, they just have on pajamas and a shield. I mean, and a helmet. They got the helmet of salvation. But what about the the girdle of truth. What about righteousness? What about the shoes? They're going out there in the battle and they don't have shoes on. <laughs> but you need the shoes of the gospel of peace. But notice what he says in here. In verse 13. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. You know the evil day is the day of temptation. The day when you're tested and tried. And you know that none of us are immune to that. But the good news is this. The more you feed your spirit, the more that you exercise your spirit and, and walk in the things of God, you'll be ready. And the Bible says in um, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. God will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape. Amen. What does that mean? That means I don't have to give in to it. Yeah. That means that, that no matter what comes my way, if it comes my way, I can overcome it. A lot of people read that and they say, well, you know, it's like the scripture said, God's not going to put more on you than you can handle. That's not what that, vet, that uh, verse said. God will not allow you to be tempted. So here's the good news. If, if you're in the ring with an opponent, then God knows that you can win. It's not just going to overwhelm you and take you out. God is faithful. He, he will not allow you to be, but what happens? It's just like someone on the job. You give them a task, okay? You know, push the broom. Okay, you did. Okay, they were faithful. You don't just put them right in the executive office, do you? You, you, you see how faithful they are. You know, God's the same way. He's going to watch and see if we're faithful. He's going to see if we're obedient. So he says, above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, let me ask you this. Where do those darts come? 
or are they just floating in the air and they just like hit you in the ribs? You know, is it just something that comes and, you know, you, you just had a pain? No, where do those darts, where are they fired? They're fired at your mind. So take the shield of faith wherein you shall be able to quench all the fiery, say all the fiery darts of the wicked. So that's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, he says our warfare is not carnal. The weapons of our warfare. What does that mean? I, I'm just, I don't have a bazooka that I'm going to shoot at the devil. Me. I'm not going to take a 30 out 6 and shoot it at the devil. Even though we wish we, wish we could. Or 9 millimeter or something, you know. Inflict some pain. <laughs> but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. There are weapons. The word of God. The name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the angels. Hallelujah. Prayer. All those things are, are weapons that we can use in our arsenal. So he says, they're not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. See, keep reading. Casting down imaginations. Where, where's our warfare? It's in between our ears. Uh, there are spiritual forces. There are, de there are demons to contend with. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power. But the ones who we're wrestling with, they're already defeated. Amen. Jesus already defeated them 2,000 years ago. I don't have to defeat the devil. Amen. Well, you know, I'm wrestling. You know, like one, one guy told a minister, he said, he said, praise the Lord, the devil's on the run. And he said, well, praise the Lord. He said, the problem is I'm running and he's after me. But that's not the way it should be. I'm not running from the devil. I'm going to put him on the run. Amen. <clears throat> so he says, I'm going to quench all the fiery darts. Every single one of them. And as we read in our text, 1 John 5, verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. You know, if you, if you just read back a couple chapters, the Bible says that we should not love the world. And as I said, he's not talking about the earth. He's talking about the world system that is without God. Don't love the world for all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away. But he that does the will of God shall abide forever. So how do we overcome the world? When it's talking about those three, the lust of flesh, the eyes, and pride of life. By our faith. By our faith being strong in the Lord. Can you say amen? amen. Every attack of the enemy gives way to faith. And faith is always in command in every spiritual upheaval. <laughs> but see, if you feel like you're a victim, then you'll never take ground. But faith is the overcomer's armor. What happens? That shield of faith is, in, is compassing you round about. That shield of faith. So, what does that shield do? It spreads all around me 
it leaves no access for the devil's arrows to reach me. No matter from which direction they're shot. Now Jerry Savelle, he had a he had a sermon he preached years ago, and he had this. It was probably the corniest looking thing you've ever seen, but it, it was this little suit he had made. And, um, you know, it's just a, you know, it looked like it was um, like the things you put in your uh, your windows to keep the, the tin out. It looks like that, that same color, you know, and it just was flashy. And it had all these arrows stuck in it, like in the back and, and his rear and looking in the face that the enemy's not going to try to put those there. But you hold that, that, Shield of faith. What's going to happen? You're going to quench them all. Amen. Hallelujah. Through your faith in God's word. Hallelujah. But see, your faith has to have a solid foundation for it to withstand all the attacks of the enemy. Hallelujah. And you know, I said this a few uh, months ago. Faith is not an isolated spiritual force. You know, we, we talk about the things of faith and building your faith, but it's not isolated. There's still other things that work with it. The Bible says, um, take the time to look in Second Peter. He says this, and above all these things, he said, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, and temperance patience, patience brotherly kindness. He says, and add temperance. He said, for these things be in you and they abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. So you, you do those things. You, you, you add all these things to your faith. And he says, he talks about an entrance in the kingdom of God. He says, for if you do all these things, you shall never fall. I don't know about you, but I'm not looking to fall. <laughs> We're too late in the game right now to fall. We're, we're too late in the, in the scheme of things to fall down and, and to just to wallow around and, and self-pity. And, uh, you know, I'm just, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. <laughs> and so we have to add things to our faith to make it strong. Philemon chapter 1. Now, Philemon, you might have to find that right before Hebrews. But you can write this down. There's only one chapter. Verse 6 says this. He says that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. The communication of my faith may become effectual or has effect. It has power. By the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Do you know that you should be acknowledging on a daily basis things that are in you in Christ Jesus? Every day. Every day. Well, some people think, well, you know, that's just pride, isn't it? No. It's not wrong to acknowledge good things within you. You should be. You know, the Bible says in Romans 12... Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. God never said, don't think highly of yourself. Well, you know, I'm just a, a worm of the dust and God can never use me. That doesn't please God. 
See, that's actually pride. You're exalting yourself. That's, you know, people are actually proud of how humble they are. You know, I'm just, I'm nothing but, but if the Lord can use me. No, I'm to think highly of myself. You know, the Bible says that you should love your neighbor even as yourself. Well, what is your neighbor going to do if you don't love yourself? They're going to be in a bad way. They're, they're going to be in trouble. So as I acknowledge every good thing in me in Christ Jesus, that, that's how my faith is growing on a daily basis. Amen. So when we talk about the word of faith becoming the word of victory, I have to take that on a daily basis. Confess over myself. See, I, I possess what I confess. I possess what I confess. So your faith becomes powerful and gets results as you acknowledge who you are in Christ Jesus. So that's the first place your faith should, should land and where it should be targeted. Who I am in Christ. Who I am in Christ. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. Old things are passed away. I've been born again. More than a conqueror, that's who I am. I'm a new creation. That's who I am. Amen. The Word is working mightily in me. The Word is working mightily in me. The Word is working mightily. Just You confess. And you confess specific scriptures. You know, if you don't have a... We need to have that over in the bookstore. I think we still have some in hymns. But in Him. The best reason to praise God... It's because I have victory. Sorry, I, I don't take phone calls in the service either, but. <laughs> but there's a little mini book called In Him, and it just has all the different scriptures. Take the time, read. In Him, in whom, by whom we have access. All these different things that tell us who we are in Christ. And then what do you do? You say, that's me. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, I'm a new creation in Christ. Verse 21, I've been made the righteousness of God in Him. See, that's who I am. And I confess it. And, and the more, you know, sometimes people say, well, it's not a, it doesn't seem real to me. Well, have you made a confession of it? Have you, have you boldly said it? I like what E.W. Kenyon said. He said, the majority of Christians, though sincere, they are weak. Because they've never dared to make a bold confession of who they are in Christ Jesus. But here, here's the thing. Faith is the highway that carries the mighty cargo. You know, if you need, if you need a, a, a bridge, you need a highway, to, what, what's going to carry that to you? Faith. Faith is the, the bridge and the highway that carries God's mighty cargo to you. But here's the thing, you know, a lot of people, if, if you look back in people's life, and we all could be in this situation. A lot of times you look back and, it, and you'll see, you can trace it back to what people said. And I'll say it again, if you're not satisfied with what you have in life, look and see what you've been speaking. But 
But a lot of people, maybe, maybe something happened and they went down in life. Well, you go retrieve the black box. I mean, know what the black box is. Like in the airplane. So what happens is the black box is what you look at and it determines what went wrong in that airplane. What went wrong in, 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 in that uh, last few minutes of the flight. And you retrieve the, the, you retrieve the black box and people said, well, I knew it wouldn't work anyway. Well, you know, they, they just want my money. You know, I just, this, this, and this. You know, you look at the black box and people, it tells what people said. What, what, what were the words that I was speaking? Was I speaking death or was I speaking life? You know what? I'm going to fight a good fight all through my life. And, and it, here's the thing. Worst case scenario, you know, if, if you died with sickness, if you died, what, at least die in faith. You might get on the other side and say, Lord, I got some questions here. You know, I don't understand. But you, you just... Say, Lord, I believe you. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it again. The word of faith, the word of faith. is the word of victory. The word of victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands. Father, we thank you today that the word of God in our lips is just as powerful as the word of God when you speak it. And we thank you right now that words of faith, Lord, we purpose to speak words of faith over our life every single day. Lord, we thank you that the faith of God in our hearts and we speak it with our mouth, we thank you that is the victory. And we thank you, Lord, that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And Lord, we just bless you. We magnify you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the victory, Lord. With every head bowed in this place and every, every eye closed, before we leave, I want to give this invitation. You know, maybe you walked into this church and you say, I don't know Jesus. I don't even know what faith really even means. I have hope. But I, I don't even know what faith is. I don't even really know if I even would go to heaven if I died today. Just like John and Precious said when they went and asked people and said, do you know that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life? And maybe you're sitting here and you say, I don't even know that because I feel like my life is worthless and I feel like I'm not, I, I don't even know what to do with it. And I'm just going through the motions day by day. Or maybe you say, you know, I, I, I would love to go to heaven, but I don't know for sure. I can't say that beyond a shadow of a doubt I'd be there. But, you, but you'd like to know for sure. Maybe this is the first time you heard a message like this. Maybe this is the first time that you, you felt the presence of God in worship Maybe this is all new to you. But today you can walk out of this place and, and you can know for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus would come and abide and live in your heart. 
in that you would go to heaven and, and, and you wouldn't be in a lost eternity, but you would live forever with him. The Bible says that come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I want to give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And Jesus is calling people today. Jesus is calling you and he's saying, come to me. I know you've lived your life your way for many, many years, but he's saying, come to me and I want to give you rest. Maybe you've never found rest in your life and you just feel like you live so anxious and it's just, it, it, you don't even know what, what way to turn, what way to go and, 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 and what's left, right. You know, you're just searching for something that's safe, something that it has stability. My friend, that's Jesus. You can turn to the world. You can turn to sin. You can turn to drugs. You can turn to alcohol. You can turn to pornography. You can turn to many things. But there will be nothing that will reach the heart of man like Jesus does. He'll give you joy unspeakable and full of glory. Over 2,000 years ago, the price was paid and the blood was shed for every single person in here. And the first step is just to say, Jesus, come into my heart and make, I make you Lord of my life. Lord, that means you're, you, you own my life. I surrender. That means you give up everything that he can give to you. You give up everything and then you receive everything that he has for you. And my friend, it's so beautiful and it's so awesome. There's no greater thing than serving God. There's no greater thing that can satisfy and fill you to the full like Jesus can. And secondly, you might be in here and you say, you know, I've, I know the Lord. I served him. But something happened to me and I've grown really cold and I'm not serving him like I should. When I, when I asked him to come into my life, I was so on fire for him. I was reading my Bible. I was actually putting the word of God in my life, letting his words abide in me. And you were, you were that way and you were so excited about the things of God and you would consider yourself on fire for him. But then something came along the way. Something came along the way that destroyed that and, and, and just, just took the, pulled the wheels right out from underneath you and you found yourself not serving him like you should. Maybe it was something that somebody did to you. Maybe somebody hurt you. Maybe it was an offense. It was a hidden thing in the heart of man. Maybe something that, that, that nobody could see. Maybe you were hurt as a child or maybe you were lied about. Maybe you were hurt in the church. Maybe you have anger and anger took a hold of your heart. The Lord wants to, he wants to remove all of that today. 
all that hidden sin. Maybe it's lust, unforgiveness, something of that sort. And it's caused you to lose your joy, lose your peace. The Lord wants to take all that way today. Maybe it's something on the outside that everybody can see. Today you can get rid of that and say, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a line in the sand and I'm going the other way. I'm going to turn my back on the world and I'm going to follow you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to win the race and I'm going to run it until the very end and I'm not going to turn my back on it any longer. Today's the day that the Lord can restore to you the joy of your salvation. If you aren't experiencing joy, then something is wrong. The Lord has joy and freedom for you. And thirdly, you might be in here and you say, you know, I, I love the Lord. But something keeps telling me that I'm not good enough, that I'm not saved You've actually asked Jesus to come into your heart, but you, you're, you're, you're questioning it and it's just a tormenting demon spirit that sits next to you and taunts you day and night, day and night. How do I know that? It's because I went through that myself. As an 18-year-old, it was a tormenting spirit. You have to make that decision. You say once and for all, no more, no more. And the Lord will deliver you from that. And you'll know for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you can walk in peace knowing that Jesus is in your heart and that your home is in heaven. And so this is a very important call. If you didn't get anything out of the service, walk out of here knowing that you got this. If you say, with every head bowed in this place, if you say, you know what, I fit into one of those three categories. I don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt that my home is in heaven. Or maybe you've fell away from the Lord and you got caught up in something and you lost your joy, you lost your peace. And it's just life hasn't been working for you. The Bible says that he'd rather have you be hot or cold or else he, would, he, 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 he spews you out of his mouth. That's what the Bible says. We're living in a time and a place that you cannot live on the fence. Living on the fence is a miserable place, let me tell you very miserable or you just want to make sure that you're saved then I'm going to pray with you and for you so all across this room and there's nothing to be ashamed of because this is what the kingdom of God is all about the kingdom of God is all about coming to him and making him the Lord of your life saying, I have, a, I have a new father, Father God. So if that's you, then I'm going to pray with you and for you. And you say, 
with an uplifted hand, say, that's me. Pray for me. All across this room, say, with an uplifted hand, pray for me. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. I see that hand. If there's anybody else, I'm going to pray with you and for you. I want everybody to look at me right now, this side of the room. If you did not raise your hand, but you want to be included in that prayer, then slip up your hand and I'm going to pray with you. Anybody? This middle section. If you did not raise your hand, but you want to be included in this prayer, then I want to pray for you. Just slip up your hand if you did not. Thank you, Jesus. And in this side, if you did not raise your hand, but you want to be included in that prayer, raise your hand. So if you raise your hand, then quickly stand. Just stand. You say, yes, that was me. You know, the Bible says that the reason why we do this, and I know that it's not popular. I know this is not a popular thing in church growth seminars. A popular way to do things. The reason why we do this is because the Bible says that if you deny me before man, the consequences are not good. So we don't deny the Lord. And we, 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 we make a public declaration that I, I'm, I, got, I got Jesus in my heart. And I actually found out that when you do that, instead of sitting in your seats and saying the prayer, something happens to you. Something happens to you on the inside and you have a boldness that comes on you and says, yes, that's, that's a strength. You feel the strength of God. It's not to, not to embarrass people at all. This is the family of God. You know, if, you're, if your family wasn't saved You'd want them to come and come and hang out with you too, you know? So if you, if you say that was me, then come forward. We're going to pray. And I want, I want all the, all the people to stretch out your hands and we're all going to pray this prayer with, you're going to pray this prayer with us. So just raise your hands to the Lord. That's where your help comes from. It's a sign of total surrender. It's a sign of total surrender and just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father God, I come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus, that I would be saved. So come into my heart right now. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me. Cleanse me. Set me free. I turn my back on the world. And I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the lost. And a holy boldness to preach your word. Thank you right now that I'm saved that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and I'm on my way to heaven. 
because I've got Jesus in my heart. Amen. Amen. As a minister of the gospel, whatever you came up for, whatever, whatever that reason was, that the Lord heard you and he sees your cry. And he means business. And I always tell people that if you mean business with God, he'll certainly mean business with you. And that's the kind of person you want to be, is to mean business with God. Like, you, you're serious about the word. You're serious about the, about the Holy Ghost. You're serious about seeing results in your life. You're serious about the power of God. You're serious.